I don't know you personally, but I'm gonna guess you have a pretty nice TV. I mean, almost everybody does nowadays. Heck, my parents have a nice TV. If they have a nice TV, I'm guaranteeing you do too. Good size, crystal clear image, probably mounted. But you know what my parents don't have? A high quality soundbar. A lot of people overlook the importance of audio when it comes to a banging home entertainment system. Let's fix that. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, looks like you're getting brilliant sound for Christmas thanks to the Sonos Arc. Arc is the all new premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. You thought those CSI reruns sounded good now? <laughs> you just wait until you experience it with the Sonos Arc. That immersive sound of CSI filling the room from wall to wall and floor to ceiling. Here's some cool features. Turn on speech enhancement mode in the app while watching TV and movies to clarify the sound of the human voice. This is perfect for when a character whispers or the action intensifies. My wife watches non-stop British dramas. Speech enhancement is a must. I don't know what these Brits are saying half the time without it. Makes it crystal clear. I can pick up on what they're putting down. Also, I got a new puppy. So I like to turn on night sound to tone down those loud effects for when she's trying to sleep. You never look a gift horse in the mouth and you never wake a sleeping puppy because you're watching Independence Day again. Big sound in that one. Gotta keep it down. Put on the night sound. And if the arc isn't enough for you, you can easily add more speakers to create your perfect sound system. We're talking sub for Boulder Bass. Pair of rear speakers for even more intense surround sound. And hey, let's get crazy. Play speakers in other rooms to enjoy listening all around your home. You ever heard of a toilet speaker? <laughs> yeah, apparently they have them at castles in Northern Ireland. Get yourself a toilet speaker. Guys, go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos Arc today. Get a bit of the dribblicious into you. Sexy. Beautiful. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, September 23rd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live, as always, Scott Tasmelis. I got a few stray hairs in my face, just went for a jog. We call them doodahs, like our old makeup artist, Maxi. Shout out to Maxi. Shout out to Maxi, indeed. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! We've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Uh, I And last, but not least, sure. making this magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. Also, to everybody listening or watching the podcast a little bit later in the day, keep your questions and your comments coming for our next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc. We dropped a banger yesterday. Uh, I got to know, Lee, did the passport ever arrive? What's the update? Uh, pending. pending. <laughs> Still pending. Pending. Oh. Yeah. All right. But I... Uh... I got into a bit of a heated uh, live chat conversation yesterday. With <laughs> Why do you keep doing with these an automa- live chats, With a bot? Man. You got yeah. into it with a bot? Uh, it wasn't bot. a bot this time. It was someone from the visa visa department. And mm. uh, man, it got a little bit wild there yesterday. So uh, we'll see. In the end, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. I'm actually going to see my passport today. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, excellent. Hopefully it arrives during the show here. But go check oh, yeah. out yesterday's Beach Steppin' Podcast. You guys sent in some great questions. Some NBA ones, some non-NBA ones. Uh, yes, Lee took us on a 15-minute uh, story time about a passport that he sent off and is waiting for. He was live checking his uh, you know, mail packages updates on the air here. It was uh, exhilarating stuff. And then we had a bunch of fantastic, uh, what, TSN puns. So if you're a Canadian, you really enjoy those. Lee had me howling at a Vic Router uh, pun. So go check it out. We had some laughs, as we always do when we step on the beach. Okay, we got the up-down report today we're going to get to uh trey kirby chicago's bulls who made a move and we're going to talk uh, expensive basketball cards a lot of fun but we'll start with the game as we do here on no dunks game three of the western conference finals jamal murray 
Might be a superstar, Trey. He might be a superstar already. And the Nuggets, they hang on to win game three. Cut the Lakers lead to 2-1 in the West Finals. Before we get to you, Lee, first, congratulations, guys, to Paul Millsap yeah. on his first ever <laughs> yep playoff win versus LeBron. Yes, peeved off Paul. He was 0 for 10 against LeBron in the playoffs. Had never won, but finally got his first W. But, Lee, where do you want to start with this game? Nuggets getting, obviously, a, a huge win here in Game 3. Oh, it would have been awful if Paul Millsap was still uh, unbe- or, or couldn't hadn't beaten LeBron this morning because... It was a 20-point game with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Now, you knew that the Lakers were going to have a run in them, but it got way too close for the Nuggets there. They absolutely froze on the big stage there and completely forgot what they were doing out on the court. Now, credit to the Lakers' defense, largely Rajon Rondo, who created a lot of steals and and, and turned those into uh, transition dunks for the Lakers. But all of a sudden, it looked like the Nuggets were going to suffer just a crushing defeat after what was heading towards a fairly impressive victory. We do Again, we didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but uh, the Nuggets went from that situation to being like, oh my God, they're going to blow this, and basically the series would be done. And then Jamal Murray was like, hang on, I'm awesome. I'm a superstar. I know how to close out games. And he did that with some incredible play, getting his teammates involved, but then, of course, hitting two monster three-pointers, really, that uh, took the life out of the Lakers there in the last sort of minute and a half, two minutes. But... Oh my God, what a what a quarter that fourth one was there because that Jamal Murray transition dunk put them up 20 and you could sort of see the Nuggets on the sidelines like, all right, we've got this one, guys. We've got this one. Let's mm-hmm. just not do anything crazy. And then all of a sudden, LeBron hits a three, Davis gets a three-point play, and then Rajon Rondo just gets up in everyone's face. The Nuggets forgot to shoot. They didn't know how to pass the ball. And you could just see they were like, they, they froze. They completely froze. Uh, and then But they recovered just in time to keep this series alive and, and, and get the win. But man, it was uh, it was some tense moments there for the Denver Nuggets. But credit to them because I think the fact that they have come back from so many deficits in the playoffs that they kind of remembered like, oh, we have to actually close this game out. Let's get Jamal Murray the ball. And Jamal Murray, I mean, he took over and hit, the, uh, hit those big shots and again, found his teammates for some plays. And uh, it was a... <laughs> It was one of those, whew, we got that one in the end there for the Denver Nuggets. But uh, what a great game. What a great end. And uh, now the Nuggets, I'm not sure if this is more just one of those like, hey, we didn't get swept wins or if it's like, we're back in this series. Well, we'll hold on. The, the Nuggets have arguably outplayed the Lakers for the last two games, right? They, good chunks of it. They have, but they're down 2-1. Let's yeah, not forget that. And yeah. uh, They got the Lakers right where they want them, mate. <laughs> they're either going to be 2-2 or it's going to be 3-1 <laughs> after the next yeah. game. This was a must win. Huge performance by the Nuggets. But like you're saying, that fourth quarter, that was scary, man. That was like an 18-point <laughs> lead was gone in three seconds, it felt yeah. like. They just had no idea. Uh, once the zone came out, we haven't seen the Lakers play a whole bunch of zone, but it certainly threw the Nuggets off. Uh, and then, you know, Rondo had a couple of steals and he kind of got away with getting a little handsy for the next couple yep. of steals. Um, but once the aggression picked up for the Lakers, they looked a little bit better. Unfortunately for them, the first 36 minutes, they didn't have that will to win. And that was the difference in the game, really. Yeah, they come out uh, after halftime and, and you saw the the intense defense from the Lakers to get back in this game, but they obviously didn't bring that in, in the first half, uh, especially the second quarter. Huge, huge, huge run by the Nuggets bench. That was really fun. Uh, a team that was playing super fast. They were getting into their half-court sets, even though the Lakers were getting back uh, and, uh, and getting into it real, real quick. And they got that big lead. And uh, this was a game that the Lakers just... They were not bringing it, as you said, Trey. And uh, a lot of this has to go on the stars if you're going to give Anthony Davis all that superstar love. He had 27 in this one, but he only had two rebounds. Uh, He's that good that he can have 27 boards, but his team gets out-rebounded 44-25. to I'm not sure how a team uh, with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, and LeBron James uh, gets out-rebounded by 19 like that. That just shouldn't happen. The Lakers bench unit didn't come in that second quarter. Maybe the Caruso was getting to his head a little bit. Kuzma wasn't bringing it. Uh, that second quarter, huge lead uh, for the Nugs. And the Stars took this baby home. Nikola Jokic is a freaking master. Uh, the way he is able to carve up an offense with his eyes, 
He doesn't need his hands or his feet. I mean, he just knows where the play is going to go as he comes down. He can read a defense incredibly well. I think, uh, you know, we we don't really throw out uh, all the superlatives until a guy is like a super duper star. But his IQ, uh, you got to throw that on him right now, uh, mm-hmm. even at his his younger age. Here he is. He is such a smart player, and he was great, and he outplayed the Lakers front line in this one. And uh, Jamal Murray, you got to kind of just. Take a look at, at the whole package here, what he's done in the playoffs. It's 17 games that he's played now. And this, so this ain't a fluke that he's shooting over half of his shots are going in as a guard who's taking shots from the outside. That's an incredible number. An incredible number. Almost half of his threes, 48%, are going in. Another incredible number. Seven and a half threes a game he's taking. So he's averaging 26 points. And that last ball that he threw up, it's like a sky ball. It's like when you're screwing around uh, playing... Uh, a pickup game at the end where you just throw it and try and touch the rafters and put it in. That's what it was. He really, he almost, he almost skimmed the rafters. It felt like uh, down at Disney. I love how they won. And the, and as you said, Skeets, they have been in control the last, at least last six quarters of this yeah. series. I like how they won because, or I, I'm happy that they at least pulled one out because it'd be easy if we come into next season. And I know as, as people who, uh, talk about the NBA every single day. We'd look back and say that Nuggets team, you know, it's just kind of a circumstantial team that got to the conference finals like the Blazers did last year. Blazers got swept last year by the Golden State Warriors. The Nuggets have come in, could have easily won game two. Now they win game three and they feel freaking good about it too. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers know now uh, that they have to come out and play four quarters against Jokic and Murray and then guys like... Uh, Jeremy Grant obviously showed up big time. If if he's getting to the rim and, and getting the most free throw shots, leading the game in free throw shots, that means the Lakers weren't ready because he is just taking advantage of extra space. And so the Lakers got to be ready in game four. Yeah, well, Trey's right, though. The the Lakers are in a tough spot here. They can't win game four now. <laughs> you can't go up 3-1 on Denver. You'd be a fool to do that after what we've seen them do in the playoffs. So they actually have to throw game four. They got to tie it up 2-2 and then get to work in a best-of-three series. That's what I'm predicting here. I'm glad you brought up Jeremy Grant because, yeah, Murray, you guys went over it, just uh, ultimately did close the game after that very, very uh, (laughs) rough fourth-quarter stretch where they just kept giving the Lakers the ball. Here you go. Let's make this interesting. Let's see who's still watching this game late at night. Um, But Jeremy Grant, playoff career high. 26 points, 7-11 shooting. You set a task, 10-12 at the free throw line. Jeremy Grant, 12 free throw attempts. He was picking off steals, scoring in transition over LeBron and Anthony Davis. He didn't hesitate to attack all night long. Honestly, at times I was like, who is that? Which guy is that? That's not Jeremy Grant. We We don't see this Jeremy Grant all that often. He split a double team on the block once. Now, I don't know why the Lakers are even double teaming him there. But my God, Jeremy Grant stepping through with a little force. You know, you know they're trying to trap him there on the block. And he found uh, Torrey Craig, I believe it was, uh, cutting through the lane for two points. It was the best Jeremy Grant game I can ever remember. That's the best Jeremy Grant game we've right? ever seen. But this guy's still one of the most underrated guys in the league. And it's been a bit of a coming out party for him in yeah. the playoffs, I think. Because against the Clippers, he was instrumental in shutting down Kawhi Leonard, you know. And that's a completely different player to be guarding than LeBron James. You know, LeBron does a lot more with his muscles. Um, whereas Kawhi can maybe be a little bit more at the quickness. But... Grant was able to stick both of them. And that's pretty impressive for a Denver team that were like, who's going to be their third guy? That's always the question. Michael Porter Jr. had some nice shots last night, but you got to be able to do a little of both, right? You got to be a little offensive and a little defensive to really be that third guy. And Jeremy Grant was incredible last night. It looked like he was playing the hardest of anybody out there. You don't see him scoring off the dribble and pulling up for three and shooting free throws like you're saying, Skeets. It was just a very impressive game. Uh, the Nuggets really wanted it out there, and you know it's a cliche that you just got to bring the effort, but that was the case. The Nuggets were flying around for the entirety of the night. Their role players played awesome because they had uh, the effort and the aggression to go out there and play with force and hit first. It was all those things, and it threw the Lakers off, and the Nuggets were just able to keep it up for the entire night, except for you know those three <laughs> minutes when they were throwing the ball to the Lakers for no reason. Yeah, another, another cliche is uh, the Sixers could st- could use that guy. One of their former players, Jeremy Grant. Uh, It's been said a bunch in the playoffs about a bunch of guys having some good times in the postseason. But Jeremy Grant, yeah, if Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic aren't awesome, then Jeremy Grant doesn't have this coming out party. But he has taken advantage of it. 
uh, big time. I, I love the superstar sandwich that he was in. It was Nick, or was uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James sandwiching him on a break. Uh, he was the meat, and he somehow was able to fight through the bread and score. It was. Uh, it, <laughs> it was. was, it was, was Are you hungry, Tess? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you just went for a run. Yeah, you I was waiting. Something. Yeah, that's true. Always, always. That's what Danielle. I'm gonna get upstairs after this, and Danielle's gonna say, "Are you hungry?" Because I'm gonna be irritable. I mean, always irritable after the show. Because I'm a hungry boy. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Jeremy Grant sandwich. Yeah, he was. He was so good. He yeah. was really good. It's the consistency with him because uh, you don't expect him to get 26 points a night, but you want him to be able to chip in a couple of threes here and there, a couple of those yep. drives inside, and a couple of those cuts. Because, again, we've, we've talked about it with the Nuggets. If you cut on this team, oh. there's a good chance Jokic or Murray will find you. So yes. keep doing that across the uh, the entire game. Just cut inside because your, your teammates will find you. And he can finish. He's athletic. He can get up there and, uh, and put it down. So it's not like he, he's... Uh, you know, he, he doesn't get underneath there and then he's a chance to get blocked unless, of course, there's a big defender there. But that's the thing, I think, with Grant. If he can provide that sort of a punch for them on both ends of the floor, it just takes a lot of the uh, the heat offensively off Jokic and Murray. I, I thought they were great because Michael Porter Jr., you know, he's had his moments as well, but he kind of lives in his own world a little bit. If he's not getting the ball, he sort of is like, I don't want to play, really. Yeah, this is an interesting dilemma, I think, for Coach yeah. Malone of whether you play... Michael Porter Jr. is going to help you offensively. He's going to be able to score. Or Paul Millsap, who helps you defensively, who's been really, really good, I think, against some of these Lakers bigs, but gives you nothing right now. I mean, Paul Millsap is just, uh, he's sort of garbage <laughs> on the offensive end, unless he's got a wide open dunk created yeah. from her. But it's like that, like, ooh, the MPJ does that for us offensively, but gives it sort of all back at times because he checks out defensively. And then Millsap's the flip of that. You got to find that nice balance. So far, so good. I mean, he's done a really good job. It's like, you almost have to have Millsap out there, though, even when he's giving you really nothing offensively because yeah. he's so good defensively. He truthfully is. Oh, absolutely. And, th- and that is the problem because Millsap, a couple of times, he puts a ball on the floor and the teams just take it off him straight yeah, away. It's... But if he's got, a, if he's open for that three-pointer, I don't mind him taking that shot. He's shown he can knock that down, uh, you know, in, in the later stages of his career. But, yeah, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. hit a crazy shot last night. But then there are other times where he's, he, he ha- he's a classic guy of like, I haven't shot for a while, so if I get the ball, I'm shooting next. Yeah. I don't care what yeah. the stage of the game is. And that, that's bad for your team. That's frustrating for your coach. But he's a young guy. He'll learn from that. But sometimes uh, those shots go in. He's hit big fourth <laughs> quarter shots. Sometimes they do go in, but it's, it's more just the sort of mentality of like he's like thinking about himself first rather than the team. And, and he's important to them because, again, that big, long body that he's got there, it's hard to stop those shots, and he's a good shooter. But it just sort of feels like he's like he's pouts when he's out there. If he's not if he's not involved enough to what he believes he should be. In. Well, so, he's out playing Kuzma right now. Yeah, yeah, Kuzma <laughs> you know, struggled last night for sure, yeah. no doubt about it. But uh, I, I think the Nuggets. I mean, they must look at this game and this situation and think there are certainly some things they can exploit on the Lakers. Uh, and their shots dropped. Monte Morris last night was hitting shots. Yeah. Gary Harris hit shots. I mean, they need those little contributions from all those guys to keep the scoreboard ticking. Because if they go stagnant. That's where they really struggle, as we saw there in that fourth quarter. Michael yeah. Porter Jr. had a little poke, too, on uh, who was it up top? Nice little handsy on the defensive end. Yeah. Didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, then he turns it over. Uh, but yeah, he uh, uh, that se- really, uh, that second quarter was monstrous with uh, Monte Morris, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, Mason Plumley, and they're playing with uh, Jamal Murray. It was. Uh, that really turned the game. Uh, they they destroyed the Lakers bench, uh, and uh, and then yeah, the the stars come back in. Jokic came back in, and they did not give up the lead until well, they almost gave it up. But almost they, they almost gave it. What did it, it got close? What did it get? Three point game. Three points. Point, right? KCP had a three yeah. to tie it, and he bricked it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So we saw Dwight Howard get the start in the second half here of Game <laughs> Three, but Javale still started the game. Is the Javale McGee, um, you know? experiment here done in this series task does Vogel just go to Dwight um maybe they go to just AD uh, you know at the five does he switch things up here to uh you know get a little life back into this team or is it just a case of like hoping some of these guys especially you know your Rondos and your Kuzmas and your Carusos and up and you know that they just play better what do you think what would you do if you're Vogel I think I'd start JaVale McGee again. I thought he was decent in his minutes. He's working his butt off. Uh, Dwight Howard just has to be better. I think he was uh, part of the bench problem uh, with with Rondo and Caruso. I mean, what is Dwight doing uh, throwing the ball into the stands that aren't stands? What what is he doing? Uh, just play better. Uh, don't be a Dwight doofus. Uh, be better. Just be be the good player that you were in in game one, and then for. 
uh, a little bit of game two. Uh, he's doing a good job. And apparently, uh, this is the athletic reporting, he was on the bench and he said, Hey, Joker, to Jokic, yep. Batman is coming for you. Yeah, that sounds something <laughs> oh, exactly like Dwight Howard would come say. Come on. Just, he's, he's into the head games too much. He's taken yeah. it too far already. Um, they, they think it's over. That's so, the problem. Sometimes I think yes. th- this bench is just thinks, oh, man, look at us. 1-0. We're feeling good. Squeak the number game number two out. Oh, yeah, we got this thing. And it, it's resembling a tiny bit of the Clippers and the Jazz where uh, they just – stop playing well yeah the, are, the, the energy mentally. and effort goes and i think you saw that especially like you pointed out tass like the first thing that goes when you have no energy is like well you stop boxing out and stop gang rebounding and, and like hitting the glass and they just got pummeled i mean anthony davis with two how many did dwight have one one, McGee, one, one, one rebound I mean, yeah. yeah i mean like th- these are their big guys and like not getting it really anything uh off the glass you're right that's that's a big part of effort no doubt. And credit to the Nuggets for wanting it a little bit more and, and the Lakers for maybe being checked out. Uh, you got to beat the Nuggets. That's the main yeah. thing, right, that we found out through the playoffs. They're not going to roll over and just be beaten. It would be easy to say you lost game one pretty handily. It was a crushing game two defeat, losing on a last-second shot, but they came out and they played hard. You you can't just expect the Nuggets to roll over at this point, especially considering the Lakers don't really have an answer right now for Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic. When both stars are able to play well, then it's just a matter of getting some decent performances from the role players, and you're in the game. Yeah. What do you guys think of, uh, Leo, start with you, LeBron's last couple of games here. Well, what's what's going on with LeBron? Is he, uh, is he just trying to coast a little bit right now um, into possibly the finals where he can ramp it up a little bit again? Is it something else that I'm missing? What, what do you think? He looked gassed at the end of the game there last night in the fourth quarter. A couple of times he sort of had his hands on his, on his knees and it was like, man, he looks exhausted. And now in that fourth quarter when they were to get things going, he hit that three and then he hit a couple of mid-ranges as well. And it was almost like LeBron sort of was looking around going, I don't really think I should have to do this anymore, but I'm going to have to because no one else is really performing tonight. But he drove inside a couple of times and he, and he, you know, he dragged his team back into contention. But I think it also took a toll on him. And again, he's just like, we, we need to have... Anthony Davis is a guy who should have taken over. Now, he was, he was good for most of the game, but he needs to get those other contributions from guys. And it just sort of looks to me that LeBron, it, the workload is a little bit heavy for him right now. That, that's what I thought, um, because he had a bit of a rough game. He got whacked by Jamal Murray. He got whacked by someone else as well later on. So he got a few hits Did to he? the jaw. Yeah. That was, when, he well, got, when he got whacked by Jamal Murray, that flagrant one was Well, he old, got hit. He definitely got hit. I mean, he, like, he, got hit. He, he emphasized. I just want to tell yeah. the story that the only moment Danielle looked up to the television during this game was the replays yeah. of LeBron getting hit. She said, whoa exaggeration much yeah, yeah. A, little bit, a little bit <laughs> but, he, but, but but listen murray's elbow got him there's no doubt he connected yeah, and they, that is a flagrant one for based on the way they call it these days there was no intention there i don't think from murray it was more just because lebron kind of lifts his arms up mm-hmm. and then he tries to sort of shrug away from it and he connects him but anyway i didn't i didn't have an issue with that because they they call that all the time so they're consistent but i, I just looked at lebron in that fourth quarter and the look on his face was just like i'm exhausted out here and he's mm. 35 years old. He's going to be 36 in a month or two. So, um, you know, at some point it is going to catch up with him, especially if he has to do all those things. And those mid-rangers, a couple of those mid-rangers, I thought he was there and he was looking around just going like, all right, is it, I mean, okay, I'm just going to shoot it then. That's it. And there was no flow to that offense. There was no ball movement. Now, who's the, is that, whose fault is that? Is that the coach? Is it the players? Is it the leaders? I'm not sure, but it just sort of looked to me like LeBron was like, all right, uh, it's, it's up to me again to do this. Uh, and he nearly did it. He nearly, nearly did it. But uh, that's not how the Lakers want to play. Certainly not how LeBron wants to have to play to win games, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that LeBron is getting tired. We saw him get like four straight transition buckets there in the fourth quarter after everybody was saying this guy's washed. He's too old. And then it was like he's the fastest guy on the court again. Yeah, he got tired after that. But it's tired. It's tiring to come back from 20 points in six minutes, you know? Uh, I do think it maybe is more just um, a factor of I don't want to have to be the only guy doing this out here. And and I can see that being the case. That's been the case for LeBron before where he's passing the ball, trying to get everybody else involved. But he's had two subpar games despite the numbers being all right. So you would have to imagine a game four from LeBron is going to be a classic. Yeah, I I thought game three was a lot better than game two. And uh, his numbers... I don't even want to say them because it's hilarious to say that he had a bad game going 14 of 23. That's a pretty good percentage, 60% from the floor going mm. 30, 11, and 10. <laughs> I mean, he turned the ball over uh, a little too much for sure. Uh, and yeah, he was not 
Yeah, he was not full throttle the entire game. Uh, his legs looked a little dead. Um, but at times, he, he was picking his spots, and he was outrunning the Nuggets. And it is hard, yeah, to come back from that big. Uh, a deficit in, uh, in the end, in the fourth quarter, that he, uh, a quarter that he played every single minute, uh, you know, they were plus 10. Like, they won that quarter by a lot. But it, he wants other people to step up. Uh, like he did for his older guys, you know, when he was a Cleveland Cavalier and carrying the team at all times, uh, he needed guys to step up in that first half a little bit. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of disappointed. Uh, you know, Rajon Rondo said after, after game one and game two, he said, uh, that's why LeBron brought me in when, when he played really well and had that great mm-hmm. pass to Jokic. LeBron also brought you in to play tough defense uh, and, and to play hard. And so the guys that LeBron brought in, GM LeBron, as Rondo is calling him and everybody else calls him, uh, you know, they, they kind of failed LeBron in a way. They, they just they weren't up to, to the task, especially in that second quarter. It was a whiff fest in that the first few minutes, uh, it was horrendous. They, they lost uh, the, the first three minutes and eight seconds of that second quarter by 13 points. The Caruso, Morris, Kuzma, Rondo. And uh, and him uh, lineup and so I I, I don't know I, I think uh, he can be better and uh, he expected Anthony Davis to be better uh, in, in this game nobody was hustling on his team and they just decided in the fourth quarter oh yeah we got to come back and uh, they got they got to bring the the intensity from the get go yeah kill mode LeBron blocks that Grant layup in transition that's what I yeah. noticed it was like he destroys that and just pins that on the glass like we've seen him do time after time. He didn't actually even really come all that close. I don't know if he thought AD was going to do it or what, but uh, yeah, he, was, he did look a little gassed uh, even there at that particular moment in the game. And then you're right, got him back in it with Rondo, then getting a little more aggressive. The whistle was swallowed a little bit. They got all the turnovers, but then they came up a little bit short. Yeah, I'm sure LeBron will be fine. And as you guys have pointed out, still a monster game, just comes in a loss. And it's just like he's, uh, yeah, maybe he's like, it appears to be he's trying to pick his spots here. And I'm with you, Lee. At other times, he's like, ugh. What do we do? All right, I guess I'll go here. Let me let mm. me have. A, I mean, especially on a night where AD doesn't have it going. So uh, for the most part, so yeah, we will see. This is great though. This is what we want. We wanted the Nuggets to win because we think Celtics Heat's going to go long. I think we all still agree with that. You know, six or seven. We don't want this ending in four. We don't want this no, even no. ending in five if we can. Let's uh, let's stretch this out. Lee, your Nuggets in six still technically still alive. alive too. Still yeah, alive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do you yeah. think LeBron? One more thing about him. Is he doing Taco Tuesday down in the bubble? Mm. I haven't seen I, he it. had a Taco Tuesday clip earlier uh, mm. in the bubble, maybe even during the seeding games. Uh, yeah, you know, they're readily available. You know, you can get yeah, them sure. easily in Orlando for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's different. Not a national taco shortage. LeBron usually goes, uh, you know, what's he call it? Zero Dark 30, right? Yeah. Uh, with social media during the playoffs. He has been doing that. Is, is that affecting him? Is he looking at his screen too much, Tass? <laughs> I'd love to check his uh, screen time. I'd like to get my hands on his phone. See, <laughs> see, compare it to last year. It's quite high. It's up 300%, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So great, great game there from the Nuggets. Uh, you know, not only Jokic. Murray closing the deal uh, and 12 assists from Murray. That is, he was yeah. a damn awesome point guard last night. That was the other part. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, crazy Murray shots. He was setting guys up and it helped those guys hit shots in Grant and Morris, like you guys went through the, through the roster there. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Taking care of your mental health is a necessity right now, guys. Life is different. We're isolated, we're constantly worrying, we're drained. I know I'm a little bit more irritable. Even more than normal, yep. Uh, I can get snippy with Danielle, no doubt. Uh, But I just blame it on my flu shot. I got a flu shot a couple days ago and I was a little cranky pants yesterday. I, I love that about vaccines. I'm sorry, this flu shot just has me feeling off. I'm not an anti vaxxer like Michael Porter Jr., but I'd use the annual flu shot to my advantage. Oh, wow. And you should take advantage of Talkspace. Talkspace Online Therapy lets you connect with a licensed therapist for a fraction of the price of in-person therapy. Match with your perfect therapist from the comfort of your device and reach out 24-7. Taking care of yourself should not break the bank. And now, Talkspace covers 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. We all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. Match with your perfect therapist at Talkspace.com or by downloading the Talkspace app. 
And don't forget to use promo code NODUNKS, all one word, at checkout for $100 off your first month. That's $100 off your first month at Talkspace.com, promo code NODUNKS. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down report. Oh, we got some... Fun, fun topics here to throw some thumbs on, thumbs up or thumbs down. Let's see you guys do the same in the YouTube chats or on Twitter at No Dunks Inc. First one, the Chicago Bulls have hired former Thunder coach Billy Donovan as their new head coach. According to reports, the Bulls front office aggressively pursued Donovan, selling him on a partnership and vision for this talented young Bulls roster. I don't need to remind Trey, but the Bulls have spent the last three years in the lottery. They finished seven games back of the Magic in the race. I throw that in air quotes for the eighth in the East this season. So, Trey, we'll start with you. It's your team, baby. Are you up or down on the Bulls hiring former OKC head coach Billy Donovan? I am so up on this. I am shockingly up on this. Wow. The fact that it even happened. Wow, what a, a mind-blowing thing that the Chicago Bulls would not cheap out on a coach here. They actually hired a coach who people have heard of before. <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice. Maybe Ime Udoka would be a great coach. Yep. Maybe Wes Unsell Jr. would be a great coach. But this is the first coach the Bulls have hired since Scott Skiles that has previous head coaching experience. And I think it's huge. I think it's huge to no longer be a joke in the NBA. The Bulls are winning the offseason and it's not even the offseason yet. Think about how <laughs> yeah. the season ended for the Bulls. They didn't make it to the bubble in a se- in a season where they said they were going to make the playoffs. They had Garpax and Jim Boylan as their uh, as their brain trust. Now we're into the conference finals. And you got Arturus Karnishevis, Mark Eversley, and Billy Donovan. Things are trending the right way. Is Billy Donovan a good coach? We literally have no idea. On offense, <laughs> it's been give it to the superstar. They will figure it out. But on defense, the guy's been versatile and his defenses have always been good. We've seen in this year's playoffs that that's really important to have defenses who can play a bunch of different ways. And the Thunder did that. They were more of a trapping team when Paul George and Russell Westbrook were around. And this year they played a little bit more of a conservative scheme with uh, Chris Paul as their point guard and some other uh, less impactful defenders. But they were still a top 10 defense. I'm impressed. Next step is bringing back... Joachim Noah, and this is why I am the most excited. Obviously, Billy Donovan and Joachim Noah have a pre-existing relationship from college. They won a couple of titles. Joachim Noah is going to be available for the veteran minimum. Bring him in. Literally bring him in so that he can teach these young Bulls how to play winning basketball. The Bulls are back! Oh, I love God. it. Trey Kirby is pumped up. You know who's also pumped up uh, by all reports? Zach Levine. <laughs> you know, he yeah, said, that wow, that'll up. be good. Now, you can say that cool. sarcastically, actually. Wow, that'll be good. Or you can say it, wow, that'll be good with Billy Donovan in there. I think it is the latter. He's pretty pumped up. Tass, what do you think? Billy Donovan taking over the Bulls head coaching job. Well, yeah, I think Zach Levine's reaction while he was gaming, it would literally happen live while, while he was playing on uh, a video game. And the, you know, the reporters of the Bulls know that Zach Levine doesn't necessarily get super amped. So when he did say, wow, it was genuine. He was uh, pumped. Uh, as Trey said about whether or not Billy Donovan is uh, a good coach, Billy Donovan's a name. It's better than a non-name, I guess. Uh, but when it comes down to making these guys uh, who have a lot of potential on their roster, your Lowry Markkinen's, uh, your Kobe White's, uh, a lot of good guys. Is he going to make them better? Is he going to get the most out of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Kenny Atkinson would have been a good fit for that, uh, but uh, maybe Billy Donovan could do it too. Uh, it's uh, it is something that they didn't cheap out on, which is surprising. Uh, the the yeah the most uh, notorious thing that they've done in in the front office are firings the last 15 years. That, that's that's the thing that they can put up on top of the list. And, and they replace them with Karnishvis and Mark Eversley. And and you got to expect Billy Donovan to do a good job because 
it seems like he's a good coach. Uh, there will be, I think, uh, a lot of uh, Fred Hoiberg comparisons if things don't go well. Uh, but um, it's it's. Uh, I'm sure that all that experience in OKC, even though he started uh, with KD and Russ and uh, had, had a lot of superstardom, and then this year it was a, a little different with Chris Paul, uh, and they they did excel a lot. I'm sure that's helped. I'm sure that that will be anti-Fred Hoiberg because he's coming in with some NBA experience. So it's going to be on the floor where it's all proven, really. Yeah, yeah, but it is interesting. Hey, coach. We're going to take away all your all-NBA players. Now let's see what you can do. Because that's what he's going to have here in Chicago. But young talent, no doubt. I'd add Wendell Carter uh, Jr. to the mix, like you were saying there, Tass, with Larry Markkinen and Kobe White. Um, maybe they can stay healthy. That would be a great start for the Bulls, too, so they can actually have some of these guys out on the floor. Are they a playoff team, Lee? You think next year, Chicago Bulls? Oh, no. Mm, I, don't, wow. I don't think so. I mean, let's just wait and see what happens in free agency and draft, because maybe they can find someone there. But that's the thing with Billy Donovan. He, he kind of left... OKC because I think he looked at that they're heading into a sort of a rebuild if you assume Chris Paul won't be there and maybe one or two of those other veterans Gallinari and maybe Stephen Adams he's going to a situation where they're in a similar position right now Chicago they have some talent for sure but some of these guys haven't been able to stay on the floor and we just don't know quite what the ceiling is for someone like a Wendell Carter or a Lowry Markkinen and Zach Levine as well I mean he's a he's a good scorer but there's so there's, a, there's some pieces there, but it's not a, a completely different scenario that he was probably facing there in OKC, but it's a different situation, and, and so maybe he can get something out of him. It's going to be a big test for him because he has to, uh, you know, he has to get these guys to perform to a higher level than they've played at before, but it's not Jim Boylan. So yeah, I, think- I was going to say, this might be the <laughs> ultimate addition by subtraction Exactly, here, right? exactly. <laughs> just taking so out Boylan might work. It's, it's yeah. one of those, like, it just feels good to have a guy who you think is actually going to going to get some results out of these guys whether they're going to be like a playoff team or not I'm not sure but it just sort of feels like there's going to be a little bit more accountability a bit more stability and a bit more hope at least with the Bulls yeah. because uh oh Jimmy just uh things were just crazy there and uh you know I, I <laughs> do think you the- think they take down the punch clock <laughs> no no they're going to keep that in as a oh. little tribute there to uh, Jim Boylan but no so I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm really not sure because uh, we you know we talk a lot about you know is a coach how important is a coach well it's comes down to the talent of his players but can he communicate to them can he get these guys to reach the potential that we see in those players because i mean when when was the last time anyone saw wendell carter or larry mark and even play honestly like it feels <laughs> like it was like two years ago now because it's been so long and they've been injured but again March, I, I, Lee, I was watching them in march <laughs> was was mark and still playing i thought mark was out of carter in wendell carter's rookie season i remember thinking like this guy's like a tyson chandler type of guy he can block shots he can catch those oops he, he can be impactful but it just feels like so long since we've seen these guys play me lee, lee trey and i had the bulls making the playoffs i, I had boiling for coach of the year i mean i was all in i love kobe white who looks amazing one game oh, when he hits eight threes that, and he looks like garbage when he can't hit one i mean yeah, yeah i was all in on the bulls yeah i mean is kobe white uh, more than just an upgrade on nick young you know a guy who can shoot but doesn't oh. really do much yet no i'm oh just saying God, is, is he that so, or is yeah. he or is he more a guy who's like hey this guy is actually a reliable guy yeah. he can get you five or six threes a night and play defense i mean if he could do that then there's something there but if he if it's it's no good him shooting eight threes if his opponents are shooting eight at the other end so are we going to see what donovan did in okc with these three guard lineups are we going to see a lot of uh you know white uh sataransky and uh like Zach. a Zach Levine. Sadoransky, yeah. get him out of here. We're or bringing Don- back Derek Rose as oh. well. Oh, geez. I hear Al Horford is now a trade target. Uh, Corey Brewer is going to be in the uh. mix. They're going to get Torian Green out of retirement. Uh, you can lock the Bulls in for a playoff spot. You can lock Zach Levine in for an all-star spot. Lee, the Bulls are on a winning streak. They won their last game March 10th over the Cavs. Markinen and Carter both in the lineup. Wow. This has been a great pandemic for the show. I think Kobe uh, they got all Kobe the trash out and they're yeah. bringing in people you've heard of. This is hey, huge. I will I will say like I said, uh, Larry Mark and I think I think he's a very talented player and I hope someone like Donovan can really get that out of him and become I'm not going to say the big D word, Dirk, but uh, you know, like a guy who can shoot and play defense and is a tough matchup. Cuz he's big. What is he? 7 feet. Yeah. And he's and he's got that nice shot when it goes in, but uh it's just the Bulls have been a mess for so long. It looks it's, a lot nicer when it goes. Yeah, in. yeah, it's yeah. a bad but show. The, when but it the Bulls, I mean, you know, they, they've just been so, such a chaotic franchise for the last few years. Like Billy Donovan can't just kind of all of a sudden make them like competent immediately. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, but. Uh, Fingers crossed that, yeah. that maybe things are brighter, brighter days ahead for the Bulls. And when you look at like their 
possibility, their chances of making the playoffs next year? Because you start looking at the teams, right? And you're like, well, okay, that team, uh, they're going to be there? Yeah, they're probably going to still be there. They're going to be there. They're going to be there. It's like, who is dropping out of those top eight spots? It ain't going to be the Nets. That's really unlikely. Uh, you know, I guess you're looking at the Magic, right? I mean, because what do you think? Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Pacers, Heat, Sixers, and then Nets, like I said? I mean, I don't think any of those seven teams. I, maybe some an injury happens to one of them. So, yeah, there's a slot there. So, it'll be tough. It's not a given. And then you got the Wizards, you know, in theory getting better if John Wall comes back. <laughs> so, Hawks could be better with all their youth. Well, yeah, the Hawks. It's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, but they got to be. they got to be in a – got to keep their guys healthy. That is a huge part. Just have these guys play together, for crying out loud, for a good chunk of games and months here. And then maybe make a a push there for the eight seed. Uh, um, Trey, I'm back on board, baby. Don't you worry. <laughs> there, we uh, there we go. Hey, on. only one team, only one of those teams that you mentioned just signed a reigning coach of the year. Oh, you wow. know, you're saying Co- Billy Coach, Donovan Co-coach. <laughs> Co-coach of the year. Emmy, uh, Golden Globes edition. No doubt about it. But, Lee, you, you got to admit, literally hiring Billy Donovan turns around the franchise instantly because Jim Boylan is not there anymore. There's yeah. no way that any... Potential free agent would look at the Chicago Bulls with Garpax and Boylan there and say, yep, that's who I want to yeah, play for. Point. Just the idea that Billy Donovan is back is or is is in the in the coaching spot is image rehab right away. Just having a competent guy there. It's huge. And they, they brought in uh, Mark Eversley as well, who apparently has a very good reputation. And, yeah. and Karnesh was talked about there. But... There's that one little shadow that still lurks in the uh, franchise. And it is Pax. He's still there. He's still there. <laughs> He's still there. He's still Moving there. He didn't get a mention in the press re- no, release. No. That was huge. That was also a win for the Bulls. I Everything is good right now. As long as they don't have to play games, I'm always optimistic about the Bulls. This is exactly how I felt in October 2019. I'm like, oh, they got it. They got it. Yeah. Come on. Uh, as soon as the ball tips, I'm ready to be disappointed. But right now, I'm loving this long layoff because it's it's all good. <laughs> I, I think the Bulls have at least read the room and it's like, just keep Pax's name out of it. Just don't say anything. He can still be here. Just don't say his name because that that's what just is still there. As long as he's still there, you know he's got the ear of uh, uh, Reinsdorf there. And that's that's dangerous. But Karnischewitz has got his coach. He's got his assistant GM there. And uh, now, what do they pick? Seventh in the draft, I think? <laughs> they all usually do. Yeah. So, uh, no, they're fourth, right? Yeah, oh, they're they fourth. Up. They're fourth. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, there's still some positives still to come out of this season. I don't know who they're going to get in that number four spot, but at least uh, the Bulls should have a better season than they had last season. All Good right. luck. Good luck to the Bulls. I don't think they're doing anything in free agency because they're basically locked up with everybody. One guy you didn't mention who doesn't <laughs> How play. How can they be locked up? How can they possibly be locked up? Because they're paying, they're paying Otto Porter 28.5 mil. Oh, at, and, I still and, believe in Otto Porter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to take that player option. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think. Uh, he's their highest paid player. And then Zach Levine, Thaddeus Young, Sadoransky, Felicio, they're all getting paid. So they're... Uh, approximately, this is a, just an estimate, but they're, they got like 119 mil locked up. So this is going to be on Billy Doe uh, right. to make these guys work. And Zach Levine, we saw him last year get very angry at Jim Boylan. Uh, he didn't like him. He wanted more uh, superstar sort of role on that team. And Billy Donovan, if you read his history, if you look at his history, he gave that uh, to Kevin Durant. He gave that to Chris Paul. Is, he, is that is is and Russell and Russell Westbrook in between there? That's right. If uh, he gets that, if Zach Levine gets that, is he going to be an accountable star? Is he going to lead this team in a good way? Uh, I mean, he did have a lot of the reins, but I don't know. Now, player development alongside Zach Levine, like an Otto Porter. You know, is Otto Porter going to come along and uh, take this team to the playoffs? <laughs> we shall see. There's a, there's a lot of talent, but that's the. The issue with a lot of potential, I don't want to say the P word, but I'll say it. It's potential. It's not uh, It's not necessarily productive potential. You know, these guys all have to come out and get better. And uh, it's, uh, it's going to be up to Billy Doe's staff to do that. We will see. All right, next one here. This is sort of bad news for NBA fans, but there likely won't be any Christmas Day basketball games this year. Commissioner Adam Silver told CNN, I guess it was Bob Costas on CNN on Tuesday, that the goal for 2020-21 season is to play a standard season, and he believes it would be better off getting into January for the tip. So there had been talk that next season could tip off as early as Christmas Day. But there's been speculation that could start later, maybe like a Martin Luther King Jr. Day on January 18th, or even, you know, there's still talk of it starting in March and then maybe going through October. So I'll ask you this way, Tass, you can go first. Are you up or down on the likelihood, the chances of starting next NBA season 
on MLK Day, let's say, mid-January there, that January 18th date, what do you think, up or down? Well, I'm down on locking down a date. There's just no point. Just push it back uh, and say, we don't know, because that's the honest truth. And continuing to throw out these dates, it's sort of pointless. Uh, and there's still an issue here uh, in the U.S. of A. The cases uh, for coronavirus are on the rise again, and it's going to get cold and people are going to get indoors. And I'm not a scientist, but the cases are going to go up even more so in poorly ventilated areas instead of people being outside like we've all been, uh, like I've been jogging around these last few months. And so there's there's really no point in saying, um, hey, we're going to start on Martin Luther King Day. We know or we, we assume that they're not doing a bubble next season. It's highly, highly unlikely with teams mm-hmm. flying around. Uh, this isn't the same sort of scenario where there was a hiatus and they were able to finish the season with uh, some seeding games and a playoffs. This is a whole season we're talking about. I think they can push it back, and I think there's no point in uh, in trying to nail down a date right now. And I'm sure uh, they want fans in the stands. That's definitely a, a priority. And fans in indoor arenas, it's... Uh, unless it's a, a campaign rally, which shouldn't be happening right now, that's not happening in the U.S. And so it shouldn't be even contemplated right now. I think just just chill. MLK Day, yeah, of course, it's a good business decision to have on a, a holiday all your games on the, the first day. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily doing anything for civil rights. I mean, it's, it really would be a, a business decision. I say just just chill. Just chill. We don't need to know. They can push it back. And uh, the NBA has shown they're very good and very adaptable. And, and if it's March to, to November, there's other issues right now. I think we can chill on the uh, on okay. thinking about a date. Okay, but maybe thumbs up then, Tass, on at least Silver is saying this is not happening on Christmas, basically. I mean, he's saying, look, you're not going to see next season starting this calendar year. You know, it will likely, likely be sometime in 2021. That makes you know, sense. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, it seems like it's not going to happen this year, which the only question then for me, because like Tass is saying, who knows when they're actually going to start up the 2021 NBA season. Maybe it will be an all-21 season starting in March, but it seems unlikely that we will ever get back to the standard October through June schedule because the league apparently still wants to play 82 games for next season, as you would expect. So if that's the case and you start in even February... If you're talking about a six-month season, that ends in, what, August-ish? And maybe September, and then you're not going to start the next season in October. So we might be looking at a completely different schedule for the rest of our lives here. Yeah, I would throw into that, too. I saw Tim Reynolds tweeting about it. Uh, Let's not forget about the Olympics, too. And maybe complications that arise with that if you start the season in March and it goes later, and then the Olympics actually do happen, you know, sometime in the summer. Are NBA players just going to not go? Um, Is there any sort of hiatus that happens like they've done before in the NHL? That's just another little wrinkle. It's not that important, I'll agree, but uh, it's still there to be decided on. Um, What do you think, Lee? Yeah, uh, it's just so hard to know what the next six months in the world looks like, really. Um, For me, you know, to have fans indoors in stadiums, everyone sort of touching things again, just doesn't seem like the right thing for me. So my focus would clearly be on just trying to get the league back in some format, whatever that is. And then when it becomes safe again, uh, then we can maybe start allowing fans to come in. But uh, I, I, I know that oh, yeah, they're hoping on rapid testing and stuff uh, exactly, like that. Of course, yeah. still and I understand from a financial point of view, they want fans back. That's clear. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. But to me, that would not be the priority. I would say, well, if we can figure out just a way to get the players and the teams to travel safely, to be able to play the season in some form, that should be our goal. And if that's in January or if it's in March, or even if it's later, it doesn't really matter to me because I think it's more important that once it starts, you want it just to be able to continue rather than like, again, if you go back in, let's say January or February and all of a sudden one or two teams just contract the virus, then you kind of have to suspend the season. I would think again, no one really knows because it's just such a, a crazy time. So, uh, if, if yeah, I mean, it's such a tough thing for Adam Silver to be able to even figure out and have to tell the owners and the players and the players' association because it's like we just don't really know what's going on. So, um, you know, hopefully something happens and hopefully we can get it up and running again. But uh, it, when that is, I, I honestly have no idea right now. What's your personal take, Tess? Speak selfishly if you want. Would you like the idea of the NBA calendar being March to October instead of October to, you know, June? No. But which one would you prefer? No, do you want your summers I've, I've, off, or what do you? I finally figured out how to how to uh, 
evaluate or, or how, to, how to figure out how many seasons a guy has played now with even though he's gone over he goes over two calendar years I yeah. finally figured it out and I know we all want to have a season within one year but uh, yeah. I'm selfish in that even though we all want to say yeah back in 2022 LeBron led the league with 44 points a game yeah but uh, I'm okay I'm okay being really it being the only convoluted sport that really runs over two years because even the NFL runs over two years but we all they yeah, all it's playoffs yeah, right yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really yeah, matter they all the say part. that the other year I don't know I mean I, I I think the NBA and and I guess selfishly this the summer's the best thing to have off the NBA well that's that's off. what yeah that's what I was really trying to get at I was like do you want the summers off still or do you want to be watching basketball indoors all summer long which is what you would be doing what we have been doing here which has been all right too because you're not going anywhere anyway um, so maybe that but when that uh, can it's change, hot in the south nobody's outside anyway. Yeah, it's a good point. Hey, Trey, you want to be able to stay indoors during this hot summer, watch basketball, and then, hey, when the winter hits here, you can fly somewhere warm if you want to. Ooh, a snowbird. Yeah. Uh, maybe I could, but, uh, you know, as a Bulls fan, I'm happy with them delaying the start of the season as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good for me, baby. If you're taking a whole year off, that's a year of the Bulls not being disappointed. Oh, my God. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, if they're playing during the summer, they won't do it the same way it was in the bubble, right, where the games are starting at 1230 and they end at 1230 in the morning. Yeah, good point. It'll be back to normal evening basketball you would think and in that case it's just a change in your schedule i like having the summers off but you know i'm an adaptable kind of guy humans adjust all right all right please you don't care at all do you oh yeah i want the summers off that's when you go traveling man i mean yeah just travel during the winter yeah the school holidays are boys are on holidays i want to go travel i don't want to go in winter yeah i mean it's uh summer's always much more fun to travel in okay yeah all right thank you for speaking honest on it uh final one this one's weird. A rare and coveted Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo excuse me, autographed patch rookie card sold for a record-breaking $1.812 million at auction on Sunday night, according to, guess who? Darren Ravel. This guy loves expensive cards. Uh, this card was from the 2013-14 National Treasures set. Um, so in addition to... It being a one-of-one card, Beckett, I guess, graded this card a 9, and the autograph on it from Giannis, a 10. My question, up or down, Lee, on spending nearly $2 million on a Giannis rookie card? Uh, Listen, I'm down, right? So you guys know I've been popping packs recently, uh, you know, on on our Instagram live there, and uh, I'm trying to mix up the cards because I've got a lot from the early 90s. I want to get some from the mid to late 90s, and... uh, Recently, I spent $120 on a full box, like 36 packs of yeah. uh, upper decks, I think they were, or fleet, whatever they were. And I regretted it from the moment I did it. I was like, what am I doing spending this much money on cards? I'm a 44-year-old man just to open some cards and tell some stories. Yeah, but we can it's write fun. that off. Yeah, we can write that off. That's a business expense. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's fine and it's fun, but I'm like, God, what am I doing here? You know, So to someone to spend... $1.8 million on a, on a Giannis Antetokounmpo card because it has a little piece of his uh, game-worn jersey yep, on there jersey as well. Jersey autograph. And, okay, am I like am I reading this correctly? There's only one of these cards ever made? Apparently so. And That's so f***ing appa- stupid to me. Yeah. That yeah. is stupid. <laughs> that and doesn't appa- make any sense. Uh, so apparently someone bought it as well a few years ago but returned it to the seller because it had a little smudge <laughs> on it. Yeah. Right, he paid $7,000 then, which is still ridiculous, but he returned it. Now it's gone on to sell for $1.8 million. The same company that paid $1.8 million for a Michael Jordan card a few weeks ago. So someone out there has spent $3.6 million on two cards. Right. I mean, that's just ridiculous. What are you going to do with it? What do you, when I finish, finish popping packs, boom, just throw them in the pack. That's all I do. <laughs> wow. I got a big bag of cards here. At least and, uh, put them on the spokes of your bike, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do that. That was yeah. great. So, uh, I, I mean, what are you doing? If you've got $1.8 million to send on cards, give me a call. I'll sell you a few cards, man. You won't have to pay $1.8 million for them. I'll sell them for 50 bucks a pop. You can buy as many as you want because uh, it's just crazy to me that people just would spend that much. Like, what is this card? What is it going to give you? How are you going to get return on your investment for that? Sell it for... $2.5 million yeah, when Giannis yeah, goes for, for another. <laughs> See, the Giannis part is interesting. Yeah, LeBron, I think he had his rookie card just sell for like 1.8, something like that. You talked about Jordan. That makes a little sense because those are like obviously, 
you know, players that are in the GOAT discussion, right? I mean, if not the GOATs. Giannis is not there yet. I mean, this is an investment, right? This is like banking on Giannis uh, doing some special things still to ask in his career. I mean, for paying that much money, I get that it's a one-of-one. I still find that very weird. Um, that doesn't seem right to me. Just that doesn't sit right with me. There should be more than that. It should be like a Willy Wonka golden ticket. There's got to be at least five. But this is Giannis tasking me. He's super young still. You know, knock on wood here, but could blow at his knee. Game one of next season. You know, he's starting in a weird time. We're starting on Martin Luther King Day. He's not ready for it. Blows out his knee and suddenly that card goes down. That's a risk, man. You're Money Mellis. What do you think? It sounds like a rich guy who wants a card. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think it's that much different, Skeets, than you paying 700 bucks to frame something and put on your wall. It's just relative, right? Like, would a lot of people put $700 into a towel like you did? <laughs> yeah, because you can look at it. Take a peek at that. Where do I go? Yeah, it's always hard. Hey, I always you can try putting they're... a card up on the wall, Taz. Everybody's going to be like, what? <laughs> what? What? what the hell is that? Is that TK4? Hey, are you just, did you lay a card down on your bed there? you got to frame that card. Is <laughs> he um, Schumann? I'll stop stealing Schumann's jokes now. Um, yeah, no, but would you spend $2 million on a card? I don't have $2 million, uh, Skeets. Well, I, I, I think you do. you got 44 acres, man. Sell your land. You can buy a couple cards. <laughs> Sell off a parcel of land. Come on, guys. This is obviously an incredible investment. The first guy spent $7,000 on it, but he's a dumbass. He returned it, and now it's worth $1.8 million. You sell it again, how much is it going to be worth? Five million? Ten Five billion? Oh, if someone I don't pays, know. <laughs> if someone pays so- more for it, like, oh. No way. Somebody's going to pay $500 for it. That's how much they're going to pay for it. This is this rich guy who's got too much money to do anything with. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't know where to spend but his money. But there's other he, rich he guys t- that might be wanting to... Yeah, yeah. Themselves. The yeah. rich guys can trade it at a, you know, go, go hang out at their... Uh, their little bike fest and throw them off spokes and pay two million bucks for him. He just paid two million dollars for a card with a stain on it. I mean, that's yeah, sucker. Come on, it's not even a, it's not wasn't even graded a ten from Beckett. You fool. Um, but there is a weird explosion going on here in cards in the business. I think you have something to do with this, Lee, because I saw that last month a 2009 autographed Mike Trout baseball player Mike Trout rookie card again a one of one sold for. million dollars, Lee. The most expensive baseball card ever sold, surpassing, uh, what was that old guy, uh, Honus Wagner? Honus Wagner, old Honus. Yes, that's that's crazy. Surely you can find something better to spend your money on than that. If you've got 3.9 to burn, like donate it to charities, help some people out. I mean, buying a basketball card, how stupid are you to spend that much money on it? Seriously. I just bought a box of them for 120. Exactly, 120, and I regretted it. And I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make cuts around here somehow, so that I repay my family because I feel like I stole from my family that 120 dollars. But it sounds like you should just resell the cards. They're obviously worth a lot. You're just throwing them (laughs) out in the garbage, man. You should be making millions of dollars. Well, so I don't throw them in the garbage. I have a big bag where I just throw the uh, the used ones in there. But uh, speaking of popping packs. Yeah. Today, join me at 4 p.m. Eastern, where I uh, pop open a pack with our friend, Nate Jones, is going to join oh, us. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay, uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I thought he'd be a good guest because uh, Nate knows 90s basketball better than anyone. So, mm. uh, should be fun. 4 p.m. Eastern, No Dunks, Inc. Oh, okay. Live. Nice. I thought it was going to be the delivery guy delivering your passport. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out? your neck long and your shoulders broad of course you do for me getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence i need to do just that indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly i dreaded getting dressed for my zoom meetings but now i change for each one with a big smile on my face I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, 
Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Okay, time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night on yesterday's beach step, and we started talking about nicknames that we use uh, for players that nobody else uses. So we put it out to our Twitter account, asking that very question: What are some NBA nicknames you use that no one else does? Like JD's family, who calls Fred Van Vliet "Sexy Fred," or the future <laughs> nickname for Kyrie Irving once he returns, one hundred percent dribblicious. People came through with some great answers. First, this one. From Harrison Peoples, I love calling Aaron Baines bangers, but no one else seems to. Okay. I actually think this is not bad. Yeah. Bangers, not too bad. Uh, I would I would gladly use that. This one from Sergio Collado, a longtime fan. Freight train James for LeBron. I think it sounds cool, but never caught on, I guess. This sounds to me like a very old-timey baseball nickname. Freight Train James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd buy that baseball card. <laughs> How much do you think that one's worth? Uh, a couple mil, easily. Oh, yeah. It depends on the stain on the back. Up next, <laughs> up next is from Andrew Willis, who says, Bo Biscuits for Boyan Bogdanovich. I like this one because it reminded me of uh, Gray Biscuits Vasquez, yeah. one of the all-time great TBJ nicknames. Uh, I think I've only called Gravis Vasquez Gray Biscuits ever since. Then. Yeah, I can't believe that one didn't come up yesterday. Yeah, that one and uh, the Armadillo Cowboy for Joe Johnson. Those Very are good. Two All classics. right, uh, a couple of more here. This one's from Great Dane ninety two. Dana says, "Sweet baby Booch." <laughs> Boucher. I kind of think this one will catch on, at least yeah. amongst no dunks. Between you know Lee's obvious fascination with kombucha mm-hmm. and Skeets's obvious <laughs> love of sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce, <laughs> put them together on the Raptors, it's just perfect. But hold on, doesn't he have like a pretty good nickname? They call him Slim, Slim Duck. Duck. Yeah, I yeah. think it's. I don't know. It's memorable. And he, it is. Know, it is. Suits him for some reason. Sweet yeah. baby Booch. Uh, I like the sound like of it. it though. Uh, last couple here. This one is from uh, Danny. G, slamming Danny G. I yep. tried to get JV Nasty to catch on for Jonas Valanciunas for years, and I'm still trying. It's not bad, but actually bad is this one from Maddie Macher, who says, for some reason, my dad started calling Jonas Valanciunas Valerie's anus exclusively. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, it makes sense when that guy's the ass pro shops player of the game every single night. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Valerie's anus. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for chiming That's in, great. folks. Great, great stuff. All right, guys. Game four, Eastern Conference Finals. Back up tonight. Uh, do the Celtics even this series or do the Heat push them to the brink of elimination? What's one thing to watch for, Task? Game four. Uh, between Celtics and Heat. What do you got? Well, I'm going to be watching the Celtics' defense if they come out with that tenacity that they came out in in the first half. And I'm also just watching them because I love watching Marcus Smart, even though it can be a little polarizing, uh, play defense as well as Jalen Brown. Uh, Those guys are are so cool to watch, and you guys talked about it on Sunday's show. It's the, the finesse great defense of Jalen Brown versus the the ruggedness flopping defense of Marcus Smart. Uh, those guys are just fun to watch on the defensive end. Now, if they are engaged for 48 minutes, it's 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 hard on the Heat. Uh, it's just so hard because they don't really have a guy, sorry, Jimmy, who can take over uh, right now. It just hasn't, hasn't materialized on that end. And uh, it feels like the Celtics have a little bit more of that. The Celtics played a complete game in game three. That's why they won. And can they do that again? I'm going to be watching the defensive NC at their, their scrappiness level and, and just how freaking talented they are on that end because they are a joy to watch defensively. Trey, what are you watching for? Uh, kind of the exact same thing, but from the opposite angle as Tass. I want to see a Jimmy Butler takeover game. You know, we've been talking him up as one of the best players in the bub, one of the best players in the NBA, and he's had some crazy clutch moments, but it would also be nice to see another one of those 40-point games from Jimmy Butler so that... uh 
We're not having to see yet another fourth quarter comeback fall short. That's happened a couple of times in the past couple of nights. So yeah. I'd like to see the owner of Big Face Coffee grind up some espresso <laughs> and really come out firing here early on. Uh, that being said, I'm still rooting for the Celtics. I want this one going seven, just like I want every series going seven. Mm. Okay, okay. Lily, what do you think tonight? I think the winner of tonight's game wins the series, whichever Ooh, whichever like team that. takes it. Yeah, and, uh, and honestly, I, I think the Celtics looked at that game three and were like, especially with Gordon Hayward back here. They've figured out a little bit of how the Miami Heat play, and they know that they can attack that uh, that zone and attack the paint, and that's what they need to do to win. So I, I think the Celtics actually uh, win this one tonight. So okay. and, and then that means I think they're going to win the series. I picked the Heat. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm right at the same time because I'm sort of hedging on both teams here. So uh, Back to a Jennifer but, Hedger here. Yeah, here I, just, uh, I, I just thought that the Celtics kind of, you know, again, they were close in the first two games. And the game three, they figured it out. And Hayward's back and he's rested. He looked good. He, you know, he didn't have a huge uh, numbers game, but his hand out there is very, very important for them. And I thought Jalen Brown's like, he's just going to go so hard at the rim tonight, I think. So I think uh, this is a huge game. This is not pivotal. This is super pivotal. Oh my god, super, super pivotal in a game four? I don't know about that, but uh, if you say so, if you say so, hopefully it's a close one. Hopefully, I think we're going to get some uh, some fireworks here tonight, too, between these two teams, because they're, they're both going to want this one, it's going to be scrappy, oh, these yeah. teams play hard, uh, we could see some forehead-to-forehead action, my buddy Grish could be excited for this one. Yeah, we'll see. Guys, email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast, grab yourself some sweet No Dunks t-shirts at nodunks.com and if you haven't already subscribe to The Athletic tell them we sent you go to theathletic.com slash nodunks sign up for one dollar a month that's it for today's show don't forget to go listen to yesterday's Beach Steppin' Podcast a lot of laughs had in that one and we'll be back tomorrow morning to break down game four Heat Celtics enjoy the game guys Clipper Bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember just like the H in Honus Wagner's name the H in Huge is optional. Embrace the day, people.